Today is Friday, May 19th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Should the government regulate AI? We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. We're getting through the news of the cray each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Joining me on this fantastic Friday, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell. What's up, fellas? We made it. Weekend is upon us. Just about almost. Yeah, I mean, we're here. <laughs> I didn't, look, I, you got a great I weekend planned. I can see that. I mean, I, have you ever seen like I picture you? This is a podcast, but I picture you like it's a hostage video. And someone's got a gun to your head to make you talk. Like, yeah, well, the weekend is here. No, no, it's more like the the girl with Inside Out, the emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out. Oh my gosh, like, I love yeah. that movie. I was, I was so ready to like have the week keep going. On Remember how excited <laughs> I was? And now I'm like, you know what? I'm ready for a nap. Yeah. I made it. I deserve sadness. A nap. Her name was. Uh, she was yeah, the sadness uh, one. That was me just now. I feel like you alternate between sadness and anger. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah, only a you, Trey. Only a you. <laughs> well, yes, but, you know, that's a given. Well, what are, what are we, which emotion from the Inside Out movie is the focus story going to trigger today? Oh, oh well, that's a, it could be anger or sadness. I don't, <laughs> either, definitely not joy, uh, but it's uh, about a teenager who was arrested for handing out Bibles. Oh, oh my goodness. The little red guy in me is just spit fire out of his head. Well, but we're like, yeah. we'll get the details on that one. That is a crazy story. On the main thing, John Solness talks to CBN's Matt Galka, who interviewed Raphael Warnock. Very interesting interview. We'll talk about all that coming up and more on the podcast. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. In a surprise move, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman. Yes, for lawmakers to regulate AI technology before it's too late. He was speaking before the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation earlier this week, and he warned that AI could pose a serious threat to society if it's not, quote, properly controlled. He said his worst fears are that we cause significant harm to the world. I think if this technology goes wrong, it can go quite wrong, and we want to be vocal about that. A large Methodist church outside of Dallas, Texas, that left the United Methodist Church last year has decided to start its own denomination. White's Chapel Methodist Church overwhelmingly voted last November to leave the UMC over the same-sex marriage issue. They have 17,500 members, and now they're calling themselves the Methodist Collegiate Church. And the investigation continues into how more than $700,000 were stolen from a Florida Baptist convention, from the Florida Baptist convention, by a fraudulent email known as a phishing scam. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Guys, very interesting stories there. The AI stuff, I just... Watching Altman before the government begging them to regulate him and his company and that quote that, you know, I just think this technology can go really. What are we doing? What are we doing with this stuff? If, you know, it's just like, hey, 
this thing I'm building over here might explode and blow up the whole planet. So if we could just get the government involved. I, I have a lot of questions as I have this week. Is the getting the government involved going to solve that? Has anyone ever said, you know what? This thing is really dangerous over here. If we just get the government involved, that'll fix it. I don't know. I Well, okay. Let me let me play Andros Advocate, Devil's Advocate over here. Yeah, okay. Okay. So no, because I, I'm actually with you. You know, I, I agree with you generally, although there are some things like I think about nuclear weapons, right? Yep. Nuclear nuclear energy is a great thing with regulation, right? And and using nuclear power plants, I'm all for, but you do have to have some healthy regulation around it. Without it, you end up with nuclear energy being used for bad things. So I, I'm not necessarily comparing that to AI, although the fact is we've got everybody from Elon Musk down, down the line, persecution watchdogs warning about how dangerous this is. That does make me think that maybe this is one of those rare occurrences where it could be beneficial to have some safeguards around it, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I also though think that AI is more generally accessible. I, I, it's, I don't think it's a perfect comparison. What you said, obviously, it's not necessarily a good comparison. But I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I want the government unleashing all of their authority on, on something like AI, which is gonna, it's gonna permeate all of culture, right? Like nuclear power is not something that's involved in every part of every aspect of our lives. But I envision a future when AI is pretty much routinely part of our daily life. And I don't know that I want the government in control of something that is very readily a part of my daily life, whether I want it to be or not. What yeah. about water? I mean, water is a part of your daily life. Do you want the government involved? Yeah, but it's regulated. It's regulated good- locally, right? There's local, like right. my, well, my county or my city is regulating that. We're talking about the federal government having authority over AI. And I I would be more okay if the local government was involved because I have more control over my local government. Yeah. And like you just look at what are they going to do? I mean, we did that, Billy, we were testing around with Google's AI and we we tried a joking story about one of our friends and we, we asked it to write a silly story about how, you know, this person eats too much or something like that. And we said, oh, that, write a silly story about this guy eating the whole earth. What did it spit out? It spit out the most insane global warming climate change propaganda I have ever seen in my life. And we prompted only the word earth was in there. It had nothing to do with climate change, nothing to do with science or, or um, the weather at all. It was a joke about somebody who we were wanted to make fun of about eating too much. And that's what it came back with. I just see like, we're like, Hey, get government in there. It feels like this is a lose, lose situation. It's like, yeah, let's get the government in there. Like they're going to mishandle that. But to your point, just leaving it all out there for, for random Joe's in China to use. Well, that's going to be a disaster too. So I guess happy Friday, everybody. AI is going to be a disaster. There's no good answer. (laughs) I tend to be like, I don't, I don't think we should overregulate things, but, but I also think on social media, on some of these things, it is so pervasive in such a major part of our lives. And right now it's not going so well for everybody without regulation. So I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm, I'm open to hearing. I'm open to hearing. I, yeah, I agree. I, I just think the general concern is who's going to establish the baseline, right? Yeah. To your point, Dan, if the left is going to establish the baseline, uh, then conservative thought and certainly Christian thought is going to be pushed out of the sphere of acceptability. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's something we've got to keep an eye on and 
I, we just got to be vigilant, I guess. We can't just sit back and then, I mean, we can't sit back and allow what has happened with all this other technology. We just get so involved in it and used to it, and we're like, eh, well, I guess it is what it is. Netflix is bashing Christian all the time, and but I like my Netflix account, so, but, you know, I think we need to be a little more vigilant on what's going on with this stuff before we get all in on it. So let's move into the focus story now, and this story... The one that I mentioned at the top that got my little red rage monster in the head to shoot the flame <laughs> out. This is crazy. A teen in Canada was arrested for handing out Bibles. I mean, it sounds like satire, Trey, but what happened here? Yeah, so he's in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, he's 16 years old. His name is Josh Alexander. He tweeted uh, earlier this week that he was, quote, handcuffed and put into a paddy wagon for offering students Bibles on a public sidewalk in Calgary. Now, the police showed up at the event after apparently there was an altercation that broke out between him, some pro-LGBT, transgender, uh, pro-transgender uh, counter-protesters uh, who essentially started heckling him and his group, uh, his Save Canada group. Uh, Alexander was there with some supporters. They were all out there peacefully talking about their faith. Uh, and then it all turned sideways when the counter-protesters showed up. So how did he respond to all of this? Yeah, so he actually is not backing down uh, at all. He was arrested, and then he was, we should know, later let go. He was told that if he were to return and start doing the same thing again, uh, he said that police told him he would, quote, be arrested and charged. Uh, but like I said, he's not backing down at all. He said, I continued handing out Bibles after the police left. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Uh, he said, I will not yield uh, to the pressure of the woke mob nor the corrupt state. We will continue to spread the truth and love. So quite a bold response from him. You know, Billy, I know you've been looking at this story as well. And what what is the background here? Because isn't this isn't Alexander's first run in with police, is it? It is not his first rodeo. We actually sat down with him back in March, in early March, and he was previously um, arrested and faced a suspension, um, a very chaotic situation over his schools, his high school's transgender bathroom policy. Uh, he was speaking out about it. Um, and this kind of started late last year, some of the drama over this, but he attended St. Joseph's Catholic High School in Ontario. I'm not sure if he's still there, but at the time he was. Um, and in the wake of sharing his views and organizing a protest. He was reportedly suspended and then he was arrested when he attempted to go to class despite that suspension. Um, and then at, at one point he was permanently banned, he said, from his school um, after he you know, took over that protest over the transgender policy and really felt that that female students' concerns were not being addressed. And that was what sparked mm -hmm. him to speak out. So this is somebody who has, you know, again, been speaking out pretty uh, fluidly on this issue over the past six months so not his first rodeo, which it makes me wonder, does that contribute? You know, when you have a situation like this and you know there's yeah. a person who's a figurehead of a movement, whether he's a teenager or not, and it shouldn't be this way, but does that infuse a, a situation in which the police are more likely to act? I just can't understand this latest story. If it's true that these are the details that he would be arrested for that. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, Jim. 
Well, I was just going to say, I want to add to uh, before we move on that um, he's gotten some support from local politicians, too. So Maxime uh, Bernier, he's the leader of the People's Party of Canada. He actually condemned police, like you said, Billy, if this account is accurate for the way they handled it. Uh, he tweeted, if you burn a church in this country, the police won't devote any resources to catching you. If you hand out Bibles on the sidewalk, however, or you hold a rally to defend fundamental rights in a time of hysteria, you will be arrested and fined immediately. He added we're a sick society Hmm. yeah i mean you combine this with this story that we were just talking about with ai and uh, this is just the the way it's going we're trending in this direction and um hate speech we've seen the southern poverty law center you know try to define and sort of crystallize you know christianity as you know a hate group or whatever the case might be and so man you see this stuff and it just I don't, I don't know what your guys' reaction to this is, but it's just, um, I, I see it as a sign of things to come. And I mean, I hope that doesn't come to fruition, but it just, it feels like these are shark bumps that are, you're seeing bits and pieces here. And then eventually the whole thing will come crumbling down. But, um, but I'm also just a happy news bearer here on a Friday. Um, God is sovereign and in control of it all. So that's where I end up landing. But I, but I'm troubled when I see this kind of stuff. I mean, as you should be, right? I mean, these are the things that for a long time we all we all warned were coming or we were told were coming and we, oh, no, no, no. You know, kumbaya, it's going to be fine. It's not fine. And it's headed in a direction, as you were saying, that is a very, very, I think, scary. But we have hope and we have to rest in that regardless of what's happening in the world around us. Yeah, no, I think the response is, is to be informed, not to be informed, though, to get angry. I think that's easy because that's our knee-jerk reaction is to be informed about these things and then have some righteous anger, which is understandable. But as Christians, prompt us to be prayerful uh, rather than than just rest in, in anger and resentment. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys bringing us the update on that story. You can check out cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more details and developments on that. We're going to head over to the main thing now. And CBN's Matt Galka talked to Raphael Warnock, which is a very interesting interview because from a Christian perspective, he has really raised controversial ideas about issues such as pro-life and abortion and how he views that, which uh, a lot of Christians say is contrary. But nevertheless, Matt pushed back on that and other things during this interview and John Stolness caught up with Matt to discuss that on today's main thing. So, Matt, you had the opportunity to go to Georgia and interview a fascinating political figure, Senator Warnock, um, obviously a Democrat uh, who beat Herschel Walker in a very tight race uh, back in the midterm elections. Uh, We know that he's got um, he's still the pastor uh, for Martin Luther King's church uh, in Atlanta. And I guess the the first thing to ask you is before we kind of get into his thoughts on abortion, which was a, a big part of the interview that you did this week. Can you just talk a little bit about what are some of the things that he has made his priorities uh, as he has gotten started with his uh, first six-year term? I think what we've seen in the past year are, is, I mean, yes, he's a Democrat. He has Democrat priorities, but he's been known to work across the aisle on a few things. He worked with Ted Cruz uh, for some highway funding. Um, and when I asked him about that, uh, I said, you know, people might find it um, unique that you're reaching across the aisle to work with Ted Cruz. And he said, I found it pretty unique too. Uh, but they found that one of the uh, highways that runs basically from Atlanta through Texas uh, and passes a lot of uh, military installations too, 
there's common ground there. So that was one of the things, but his major thing that we've seen in just the past year is his fight for capping the cost of insulin. And so he was, he pushed that a lot in the uh, inflation reduction uh, act that passed last year. Uh, He got that provision for Medicare recipients to cap the cost of insulin at $35. And now he wants to expand that to people who have private insurance. And when I asked him why that was such a big priority, uh, basically, he went back to how he walks in his faith, which is knowing the people, serving the people, and seeing people in Georgia who have to choose between getting medicine, insulin for their diabetes, or eating, uh, or have to choose between getting getting insulin medication and sleeping in their car. Mm-hmm. He's seen those personal stories. That has been one of his big things. And for the latest push to get that capped across the board, not just for Medicare recipients, uh, he is working with Senator Kennedy out of Louisiana, another Republican, on that bill. Uh, so it is that is... I would say right now, his signature priority. Yeah. And some other issues, racial justice, reducing gun violence, especially in the last few weeks, he's been more outspoken on. And you mentioned in your story that he and Senator James Langford, the Republican from Oklahoma, are the Senate's only two ordained ministers. And he calls himself a a Matthew 25 Christian. What did he mean by that when he calls himself a Matthew 25 Christian, Matt? I I think it's hard to find faith in government sometimes, whether it's the people across the country who don't have faith in their own government or it's people across the country who watch some of the vitriol uh, we see spewing from Capitol Hill and and say, how can these how can these people, you know, be men and women of faith? Um, You know, he said he said, I'm a Matthew 25 guy, uh, basically serving, you know, he, Mm -hmm. he wants to serve the people he he. He, he has rooted most of his policy uh, in that, in, in walking amongst the people, knowing the people, clothing the naked. Uh, uh, one of the things he quoted is just, you know, he believes he is there. Uh, now, listen, I, I, I realize that grandstanding and politics and all of that, it's, it's easy to get caught up in, in, in altruism and all of that. But he has said when he talks about his own faith that he is there to try and serve the forgotten, the least mm-hmm. among us. I mean, he has a doctorate in theology. You know, he mm-hmm. he has probably forgotten more about the scriptures than many of us will know. <laughs> uh, but of course, you know, schooling isn't everything. You got to walk the walk with it. Right. And he has been uh, a, a practicing pastor since, uh, you know, going through seminary and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So for him to say, you know, when he's a Matthew 25 Christian and, and, and he is there, not for himself. He, his, his big line is, I'm not a senator who's a pastor. I'm a pastor in the Senate. Yeah. And you and you obviously you mentioned your story that he still returns back to Atlanta to preach at Ebenezer Baptist Church uh, on a on a weekly basis. And, and one of the main parts of your story was you asked him about the abortion issue and you asked him how he squares his faith with his uh pro-abortion rights stance that runs counter to the vast majority of people listening to this podcast, how they feel about the abortion issue. What was his response to your line of questioning about that? He had put out a tweet during his campaign uh, and he said, I'm a pro-choice pastor. Now that's, that doesn't jive with a lot of people. Uh, mm. uh, and, and you look under that tweet itself, 
And it's not hard to find a number of responses that said, you are not fit to wear the cloth. You're not fit to wear the robes. You're not fit to be a pastor because of the, uh, because of the beliefs. And so, you know, when I sat there and asked him and I said, I started off by saying, this is probably not news to you, but I'm sure to a lot of people watching this story, a pro-choice pastor, well, you're not a real Christian. Right. What do you say to that? You know, and he said, I, I don't have to defend my faith to anybody. Uh, you know, he he basically said that it, it, it is he has held that progressive belief uh, about how the doctor, the, the room, the, the at the clinic, he believes in the choice. Now, I said, is it hard to find a biblical defense for this? Where he said, no, I, he, he believes in what he believes in. And what his quote was not uh, in spite of my Christian faith, but because of my Christian faith. And I, I, again, we we'll go back to that doesn't jive with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think uh, when he expanded, he said, I think there are differing views, even in the evangelical community on this issue. And on a number of progressive issues, I think it harkens back to and and, and again, I, I'm not going to claim to know the history of the church like like many other people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But it, in his in, in the history of the church, you, you think back to the church he's at when Martin Luther King Jr. was there, uh, you know, when he would come in and uh, his father was the pastor there and he would he would come in and, and he would have hit, uh, some sermons that the, that part of the church and, and advocating for civil rights through Christianity was progressive at the time. It wasn't what all churches were doing. And I think a lot of those beliefs are rooted in that progressive line of thinking where obviously the different branches of Christianity will, will break off and, and believe that what they're doing is their form of service, of serving the people, of being with the people. Now, I've already gotten some feedback on the story. There is no biblical defense for his belief. Mm-hmm. And that's always going to be that way, obviously, as, as, as we see, again, his credentials of being of having a doctorate in it and believing that, and then other people other Christians out there who say they will never get on board with that. That is just the way it's always going to be. I don't, if you or I had the answer to how to square that, we'd probably not be doing this. We'd be some somewhere higher up because we figured it out. We were able <laughs> yeah. to figure out and bridge the gap here and, and nobody can, but in talking to him and, and getting his views out there, Again, as a Christian, as a as a pastor and and putting that out there, you know, that story was not meant to say, hey, his views are right and the others are. It was basically to say this pastor believes this. This is why. And put him on record about that. And obviously other people listening and and they can draw their own conclusions. Right. About him and his faith and, and their own faith and, and, and do it that way. So I thought it was very enlightening to hear that viewpoint again from a man with those credentials 
and just to hear it that uh, just just to hear how how he does square those beliefs it's not something you hear often it's not right. all the time and then, so i it was, was interesting and newsworthy to get that out there Absolutely. And whether you agree or disagree with him, it's you don't want to make assumptions about people and you, you want to be able to hear directly from from someone how they feel about something, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. So I thought it was a I thought it was really important to, to get him on the record and to to get him to talk about that, because it is a curiosity for 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 Christians who obviously feel very differently. Uh, it was it was very well done by you, first of all, to to ask the questions respectfully and um, good for him for 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 being willing to sit down and, and answer what I'm sure are very difficult questions uh, for, for him. And uh, it was an, an enlightening interview. And I highly recommend everyone check it out. It's on our website, cbnnews.com. Uh, you can find it on the, on the front page right now uh, as you're listening, uh, and it'll be there for a little while for everybody to check out. Matt, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. We really appreciate it. John, great to join you, as always. All right, John, thanks for that conversation with Matt. Really appreciate it. We're going to have time here on this Friday for one last thing. You know, as we're thinking about that teenager and just needing to stand up in general, I always think of Ephesians 614, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, AKA be a Christian, turn to truth, read scripture, pray, have that relationship and stand firm. That's what protects you in the midst of all the wild chaos going on. Absolutely. I love it. I see no need to add to that. It's already, it's already perfect as it is Ephesians six, great section. So. All right, great spot to leave it here on this Friday episode of the podcast. As always, Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We shall return on Monday with more. God bless. See you then.